All right, and welcome to the Healthier Money Podcast. It's been a it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. So yeah. a lot of things have happened since we've last made an episode. I think the last thing we put out was you had a conversation with James T. Harris. Yes. So at the conservative circus. Yeah, he was a great guy. I love that. That guy's super cool. It was funny. I was with my grandma the other day and she makes you pull the mic closer. And she was like, have you heard of this guy, the conservative circus? And I was like, yeah, I met him once or twice. She was like, you met him? I was like, yeah, I met him. Uh, he, he came into the office and we've recorded a couple of interviews and podcasts with him. Like he's a super cool guy. And she's like, well, he's a little extreme for me and some things, but in general, like I really like what he's saying. So yeah, that was funny. She was, she was, she was, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, as we all know, I'm not this big political guy. I, I'm, not caught up in the whole, you know, unfortunately r racial debate and things of that nature. I just kind of stay in my lane. But uh, when you strip back some of the views and things, he's just like me and you. He's a normal guy with normal problems. And yeah, he's just a hoot to talk to uh, about just life. And uh, I think what's interesting is, is we went on a little bit of a hiatus with our podcast and our content simply because the coronavirus has caused so much inconvenience and so much unpredictability. Inconvenience, I mean, well, and in the state of Arizona, right? yeah, the state of Arizona, we're kind of paying the price now for maybe taking a little bit more laxed attitude when it first came out. Yeah, I can remember, you know, just a month ago, nobody was wearing masks. Now everybody has a mask. I mean, well, even and you to, get we can get a fine. Yeah, well, even to go in our complex, just to walk across the courtyard here to go to the bathroom, we need to have a mask on. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I I totally get it, especially with me being, you know, in the, I guess, the much higher risk category. I mean, I, I want to try to be as safe as possible. But Yo, for real, though, I worry about you sometimes. Cause yeah, <laughs> I'm out there chugging along. You know, it, it's something that's just been ingrained uh, to me over the years, I, I've been challenged in ways that are unfathomable. Sometimes I think I'm on a very short leash when it comes to being on the face of this earth. So it causes me sometimes to maybe push a little bit harder. has than nine I should. lives, you have like infinity. My wife says I used up my nine lives years ago, but I'm still trucking. So, uh, um, you know, I, I, I'm really, I was, had the pleasure of being at Mission Beach last week. So that's actually what I wanted to bring up. I think, um, right. you, by you, the way, you, they were great about social distancing. People literally were, you know, not getting right next to each other. They were staying six feet apart. People had masks on once they left the beach. Okay, so, I mean, it was so very responsible. Or for all uh, consideration, the, the, this, the practices were of a, of a certain standard on the beach you're saying. Yes. However, so you were, you just mentioned that coronavirus has caused some issues for people yes. and caused some inconveniences. And I think that's an understatement. So right. you, uh, I'm reminded of two really good stories. Well, uh, just on Monday when we came back to the office while well, I was here right. all last week, but you were chilling toes right. in the sand. But you had an experience where you met a guy and right. it was a little bit beyond inconvenience. And it's actually something that you hold near and dear to your heart. And one of the right. reasons that drives you in this financial business, this planning business is really planning along. Oh, one of the co three core tenants you say is you've always told me is for our clients, we have, we want to first make sure we don't lose any money. Mm -hmm. And if we can grow it a little bit, and number three, protect against the unexpected. And this was a story that was protect against the unexpected. Right. So yeah. you met a gentleman on the beach who ended up 
you got in conversation with him. Yeah. And he told you about his mother and right. what ensued it with was her. Really, you know, it's kind of a gut wrencher, but uh, yeah. it needs to be told. It it only brought to light the importance of long-term care. And the reality was is... Or even educating about uh, a living benefits. Yeah. Writer, and you know? his, his mother uh, got sick right. and uh, was... So this uh, is pre-corona sick, like she right. was sick. And, early, you know, and Early onset Alzheimer's. And essentially you were telling me, basically what I got from the story is, is that due to, you know, him and his family all having their lives and limited budgets, they didn't have the money to yeah, bring in in-home health care for her. They couldn't take care of her right. anymore. And they, couldn't, they couldn't deliver the amount of attention and care because they had to work and all the right. other things that come with life. So they ended up, you know, the mother went with, you said a state program? Yeah. So California state program. And then they put her in the state program, which put her three and a half hours away from the yep. family. Yep. It was the place that, you know, they could, the nearest place that they could put her that would be able to handle her needs. You know, what people don't realize in long-term care, and I forget the stat, but I, I want to say it's upwards of 80% plus of long-term care is provided by the immediate loved ones, the, yep. the family and that if we put a price tag on that, it would be an industry that literally was the fourth or five most powerful revenue generating industry there is of taking care of our loved ones. I mean, I'm talking over a hundred billion dollars. Well, I even just saw expenses. a stat today. It was two thirds of all bankruptcies are due to medical. Oh, absolutely. Bills. I mean, you know how many times I've been up against it. I, Jeez, I, yeah. uh, you know, when I was a younger kid, I had a $370,000 medical bill that I found out the last week I was in the hospital some mm -hmm. eight months later. So I can tell you firsthand that- Yeah, so uh, going back to this gentleman though, so- Yeah, and so, you know, he was just saying, we got to a point where we just, you know, with everything that was going on, we couldn't take care of her. And right. so we, you know, we, we didn't have the monies to take care of her. And so we were in the state program. She got put three and a half hours away. Well, unfortunately- the facility that she was in had a virus outbreak and he was saying that, you know, subsequently they, they, uh, you know, uh, every, there was, I forget, it was 12 people that got sick of the 12, nine died. And unfortunately his mother was one of them. And what he was saying was we didn't even have a chance to say goodbye to her. Yeah. We literally, he goes, you know, they handed us the phone. My mother's early onset Alzheimer's. It wasn't like she was going to remember who I was or be able to, to articulate herself necessarily over the phone. It, it would have meant the world God for damn. me to be there, to hold her hand and, and comfort her in those last moments. And literally he said that she died by herself with nobody around. And he That's said, so you know, had we had long-term care and the ability to have gotten kind of the care that we wanted to on our terms, she would never have been in that nursing home to begin with. It's like so the, the most unfortunate case yeah, of like hindsight's so the 2020. Coronavirus, potentially none of that would have happened to her. Right. And he said, if I've ever changed my mind on the value of that, it was right there. It's a real life story. It's tragic. Um, and what he went on to explain to me was, as he said, well, we just couldn't afford it. And I said, couldn't afford what? And he says, you know, the long-term care insurance, it was so expensive. And, and, you know, there was all this unpredictability uh, as far as at the time we were unsure, uh, you know, my mom wasn't sick when we started talking about this and things just changed so rapidly. And what he said was, um, it was just very expensive. 
And in the course of the conversation, what he didn't know, like most people don't understand, was he had many options that he could have had taken to get her long-term care coverage had he just known about them. Sure. His problem was is he didn't have the education necessary, him and his brothers and his sister, to make the right decision possible. So that what he thought was an expensive long-term care policy was the only route that he had. And he didn't realize that he had other ways he could have solved that simply by repositioning some of the existing assets that she had. Ironically, the assets that she had went out the window anyways because they made her spend it all. You know, make you, this I don't program. think a lot of people know that too, is like well, to get into the state facilities, like they have to spend down all the assets. And here's the crazy thing as bat, imagine husband and wife as and I'm going to pick on the men. Cause the old adage is we pay for our sins later on in life. Ladies, they live forever. So imagine that the husband gets sick and under most long-term care scenarios, you essentially impoverish the wife because all the money is going to take care of the husband who's sick. Right. So the husband goes through, he passes away. Now, what is the wife left with? Often, hardly anything. You know, uh, minimal equity, uh, you know, some 66000 of equity in a house, and maybe 10000 in a car, maybe some uh, small amounts of cash in the way. It, it's just ridiculous. And now the wife who has seven, eight, 10, 15 years more life expectancy, there's nothing left. And and, her, her golden years are now dark. You know, and, and so people don't realize what the consequences of not having sufficient long-term care planning means. Fidelity just did a study, Fidelity Investments, and they said, I forget the exact number, a couple retiring at 65 through age 85 today will need over $300,000 worth of money set aside for long-term care and illness concerns. And the irony of that is about half of that is guaranteed just in Medicare premiums and supplement costs and things like that. So that expense is going to be very real whether you think it is or not. So having that additional layer of protection is not covered by Medicare. Everybody thinks, oh, I have Medicare. I'm covered for long-term care. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's like the first 20 days of skilled nursing care and then 100 days or some relief. It, it, long-term care is not covered by Medicare, but people think that it is. It's like not even six months. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, and I anticipate, frankly, with the situation on long-term care getting worse, with people getting older, with it getting more expensive, the fact that much of those policies it seems and programs that like a lot are priced. They're living longer, but they're living longer with illnesses and sicknesses and diseases. And I think that whole market is going to increase. They say college costs escalated out of control so fast. It's going to pale in Way comparison. Way till long-term care starts hitting it. Pale in comparison, yeah. I would say. So, I so was shocked. I did you tell to, him about like things that he could do yes. going forward? So what were some of the solutions that you offered to I him? I told him living benefits, life insurance. It okay. turned out that he and his wife had a an old whole life policy uh, that had been in the family for uh, 28 years. Hmm. And I showed him by reworking that policy, he could get a new policy that allowed him to have living benefits protection, which in essence gave him access to a portion of the death benefit while they were alive to be used for chronic illness. The sicker that they were, the more money that they right. got, which was essentially if they lose two of the six activities of daily living, it triggered the benefit. 
So I think one of the things, just a quick side note, probably a different conversation, but there's, and you've even said this before in the past, there's probably so many of those old outdated oh, policies gosh. with high fees and all these things Dealing associated with, one right with them. Now. Right. That if people just did a quick analysis and looked or even talked to an agent and advisor, us, <laughs> or, you know, whomever that you know or trust in the insurance world or, or your financial advisor and say, Hey, look, you know, I have this old life insurance policy that I've had for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, is there anything new out there? Cause the products are newer. Just last October, they released the new, uh, tables, yeah, mortality tables, mortality tables, came down it of decreased insurance. insurance because people yep. are living longer. So if quick side note, if you have a old policy, look at some of the new policies out there and look at some of the uh, optional riders, especially the living benefits rider. So what exactly we show it, you know, we, one of the terms we use is a policy you, you reset, like six or inches, re policy reset, you know, rescue yeah. strategy, showing people, you know, many people have these old policies that had different objectives 20, 30 years ago. Right. Now fast forward, they have different concerns, different goals, different needs. So the policy as it was originally designed maybe isn't as applicable as it is now 20, 30 years later. Sure. And they have different goals, different needs, well, different things that have to different be Different benefits, ri like riders, yes. for example, is like an add-on. So like different add-ons that are priced differently. So like with this particular long-term or uh, living benefits rider, like what does that do for somebody? So a living benefits rider is just a free rider that's built into the policy that allows someone to have access to large portions of the death benefit while they're alive to pay for long-term care. And that's long-term care on your terms. You want someone to come in the house, you want to go into a facility, you just need somebody to come by a couple of days a week, whatever. You get to dictate the terms of long-term care for yourself. If you want to turn around and go to Greece, because that's your long-term care strategy of how you're going to get better, then go to Greece. It's your money. Probably not right but, now, though. Yeah, but the reality is, <laughs> yeah, is that no, I get what it's you're there. Saying. It's there. It's your money. It's a tax-free distribution from a life <laughs> insurance or the death benefit. There yeah. that provide guaranteed lifetime income that if you go into a long-term oh, no. care situation, they'll double that income. Yeah. You know, and annuities are basically guaranteed products issued by insurance companies that could give you growth, could give you lifetime income, but also can be used to have a built-in long-term care protection rider as a free add-on within the policy that if you trigger this income and you go into a long-term care situation, let's say you were getting 20,000 a year, now you get 40. Sure. So hindsight being 2020, obviously this gentleman wishes that he would have had something like this for his mother. Sure. But moving forward for people, you know, there's so much stuff out there, especially when it comes to these financial products that don't understand. Yes. You know, everyone thinks I need to be invested in the market. You know, insurance is only for death benefit and it couldn't be further from the truth. They don't appreciate the risk either. Well, risk is a whole other you know, conversation I have a, too. I have a client that I'm working with tomorrow night that's 75 and they say, uh, you know, I have $2 million of my money and it's all in stocks, right. but it's good blue chip stocks. And I was like, well, what happened in March when the market dropped 30%? And he's like, it hurt. And I said, well, what happened if you got into a situation for the lost decade of 2000 to 2009 where it stayed down and it didn't come back? He said, oh, that would be a piercing blow. I and just so had this conversation. I was like, why put $2 million, everything you have in yeah. stocks? When you're 75. When you're over allocated in high risk investments such as stocks and ETFs and you're even five years away from retirement, 
and a catastrophic event like 2008 happens or 2001 to 2000 or 2000 to 2008, all that. And you have zero gains. Well, and he, know, or a portion of zero gains. And where this didn't person make any money. said, I don't have risk. I have good blue chip companies. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have a risk? Yeah. Those big you blue know? chip companies in 2008 that went out of business. And he had a $2 million portfolio. When was the auto crisis? When did, the, when did we bail out the, the automakers? This was 2008. That was the, uh, so what, what if we didn't bail the automakers out? You know, what if we didn't, they said, oh, look, you failed and capitalism worked as it should. And you your company went out of business. What if one of his you nine know? stocks tubes, and by yeah. the way, he was down 40% because of his stocks. He had some stocks that really got hit hard. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, there's no protection against the potential for a company to go out of business due to some factor. No, right. there's not. But you know. there is protection that you can take from a diversification. Diversification yeah. is not necessarily this plan to make a bunch of money in the market. It's a plan to help de-risk, lower the volatility on the portfolio yeah. so, so that I think, you can make strategic so, see, moves. Even de-risking. So I'm the focus of this particular conversation and episode is what I wanted to get at was de-risking healthcare. Absolutely. De-risking your your ability to be subjected to the state's decision. Oh, and if you're not seeing that now with the stories that you've heard about the coronavirus and all this, I mean, look at all virus the, the major rampant through yeah. retirement homes. Right. The majority of the deaths have been from retirement off. homes and older people. Oh, it's 40, 50%, I and think. And if they had properly structured policies in place that would allow them to stay at home or with the families, this probably wouldn't have happened. They probably wouldn't have but gotten the virus. But even still, coronavirus was standing. If we were in a pre-coronavirus era, and you still wanted your mother to live in her house, you know, and, until her last days. And you had a proper policy in place that allowed her to do that. And that didn't ha force you to pay out of pocket thousands of dollars for in-home healthcare and all the things that she needed to be able to have a comfortable life. You know, you, most people just don't have that. We lost my mother-in-law in October. That's right. She was surrounded by all of us in the dining room at our house. We had turned it into a a, you know, a hospice uh, kind of care room there. But every single person was there to be around her, to hold her hand, to talk to her, to, you know, uh, love on her. for And she was cognizant literally up to the end. Yeah. And she was surrounded by loved ones. And she, she just looked at us and said, it, it's my time. It's, I, I, I can't do this anymore. And we were there for that. And, it hurt. Yeah, man. But the comfort of everybody knowing that it, she went out on her terms, surrounded by the people that she wanted to have there, her loved ones being kept comfortable, okay, was priceless. Priceless. For real. I mean, this is a pretty sad sort of morbid conversation. Well, it talk, is. But at the same time, these are real factors, real things that people deal with every day. Well, and I'm and reminded. just imagine being like, you know, being the forward thinking son or daughter that comes forward and says, like, this is what we need to do for mom. You know, mom's in her sixties. She's in her fifties even. And you say, Hey mom, like, let's look at these policies. Hey dad, let's look at these policies because this could be something that could really turn the tide. If something happens to you 10, 20, 15, five years from now, tomorrow, but we had this policy in place, this is the benefit that it will give us. I have a client that's had it for 25 years. Hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, even me, I have a, 
I have a life insurance policy sure. and it has a living benefits rider. Yep. So if something, corona. if I, if I get Corona, if I go get in a car accident right now and I lose activities of daily living or it's severe enough that a doctor says that is, I need this, then it will turn on the living benefits rider and I could get a huge lump sum of cash to be able to, to pay my bills, to keep my kid in school, to pay for his stuff, to do all the things that I would do normally, but I can't go to the office because well, I'm the coronavirus is just showing how an event, an unpredictable event can come through and cause as much disruption as it has. Sure. I mean, you've had rec- you know, tons of bankruptcies. You have, you know, what I'm wondering when the stimulus runs out here, you know, what's going to happen at the to, end of the month. Yeah. yeah. All the people that are getting the extra 600 bucks a week. What does that look like? You know, I mean, I could go on and on and on. I, I had another client who, uh, she got the coronavirus and know, she was sick for 30 days. And she said, the one thing that I took the most comfort into, she goes, I was so stressed out about the volatility of my money being so close to retirement. And if I hadn't made the moves with you that I did only two months before, I would not. So we did this stuff in January for her, right? Yeah, yeah. I would not have been able to go through what I went through, knowing that I still had the stress of worrying about my portfolio being she down would have been 30%. Sick. And her portfolio, and her portfolio would, would have been down 35%. Yeah. And she didn't lose a dime. And she's positive. So yeah. And she said, you know, the one thing that I took, I smile at every her day. Her money is positive, but well, she's, I mean, yeah, coronavirus and she said, clean. <laughs> you know, I hadn't lost a dime during all that. And she goes, I told you that the beginning of the year, it was the number one thing that stressed me out more than anything was the unpredictability of my yep. account value. And I needed a strategy to help protect that in times of uncertainty. Lord and behold, here comes the coronavirus and she gets it. And she was touch and go for 30 days. She was one of those patients that got it early on when we didn't know some of the things that we know today. And she told me it was, you know, there was a time there where she thought she was going to be done. And she said, the one thing that I didn't worry about was my money. And the other thing I knew that if God forbid something happened to me with the way we had repositioned my portfolio, it aligned with the wishes that I wanted to happen for my kids. If I did lose the battle right. to Corona. So my, my point is, is, you know, you need to really look down deep and figure out exactly what your why is, what would bother you if, if something happened that you couldn't control what would you want to change, you know, about your portfolio or, or your insurance or whatever? We're running into lots of old insurance policies right now, especially whole life. They don't work when they're down now in this low interest rate environment, maybe getting one or 2% credit in the way of interest. But if they go to use the money, they're paying seven to 8% interest rates on the back end, which means they're not earning enough. They're borrowing their money and paying more interest. The policies are just going to crap out. Right. We can take those policies now. We can restructure them and we can create a plan. So if the coronavirus continues to go for another year, we don't have a vaccine and there's still all this uncertainty and things like that, at least you've got a better plan in place for the what if. And I say, protect against the unexpected. The reason I'm on my soapbox is because I am the living example of that exact saying, okay? And when it happens to you, it's like getting hit in the side of the head with a baseball bat. 
because it's that unpredictable and it hurts. So to sum this all up, um, I think in the show notes, what I'll end up doing is I'll, I'll leave some links to some information that you guys, that anyone can use to find out more about living benefits, how it can work for you. And it doesn't always have to be in something like a permanent life policy as well. It can be in a simple term life insurance policy. Yeah, living benefits available in term. Sure. Yeah, there's tons of options out there that can protect you against the unexpected. And it's important that you at least get some knowledge and some education about it because it is something that you know, it could have saved, it potentially could have saved that woman's life. And as that, always, you know. we offer people a free 30 minute consultation to talk more about your situation. If for nothing else, at least you get more information sure. and you'll walk away from it knowing, you know, feeling comfortable about what you, what you're doing or more information to maybe, you know, make some changes or get in a better position. It's all about knowledge. Sure. It's all about education. It's all about training. Yep. Knowledge is power. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Well, thanks for sitting down Enjoyed with me Enjoyed the talk. Yeah. As always, we'll get more. All right. Take care. You know, what do we say? Live long and? As always, live long. And profit. And profit. Thanks.